Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Are you new to homeschooling or maybe just curious about home education? Are you an experienced homeschooler looking for a bit of motivation, new ideas, or maybe just looking for some virtual tribe building? If so, then grab a cup of tea or tell your kids to put their headphones on in the back seat while we explore a variety of homeschool topics and chat about education, life, and making it our own. Welcome to season two of the podcast. I want to start out this episode with thanking all of my listeners and all of my supporters over the last few months. I have learned a lot and I have gained a great understanding of what it means to really work hard on a passion project and then see some great results from that. And I want to thank all of you for helping me get to this point. I also want to thank my friend Todd, who this podcast would not be in existence without his encouragement and his support. He's the one that pushed me to get this out into the world, and I really want to thank him, and so should you. Now that we've been doing this for a few months, I've learned a lot, and you'll see some changes as we go forward. I'm trying to clean up some things and modify a few things based on some feedback and some great listener support. For season two, which is starting at the beginning of the school year, which seems quite appropriate, we will be doing monthly themes or topics and trying to dive deep into some of those topics as we move forward, as well as more information on my Instagram account and my Facebook page. So let's start off season two with talking about high school. High school can be really intimidating for people to think about when their kids are young and as they move through the homeschool journey. High school seems like this whole different entity, this whole scary kind of mystery that is really not necessary. I find that many people automatically assume that you need to put your children in public school or you need to do a lot more of a structured kind of system for high school. And that really isn't the case. Obviously, everyone has their own needs and their own goals for high school. But for the most part, you can continue on doing a very self-directed and a very individualized plan for your child in high school, just like the other years for homeschooling. Homeschooling is all about an individualized, customized education. And you can still do that somewhere between unschooling and a very traditional high school model. You can still make it your own. And what that might look like and what that may mean for your child is obviously different than anyone else's based on what their goals are. I wish this was five years out and I could really use my oldest two kids as examples of what I'm saying because they are both very different kids and their education for high school is almost polar opposite. And I really wish I could look in a crystal ball and say, look, regardless of which path you take, It all works out in the end, but I can't quite say that yet. We're getting there, but not quite. So let's dive into this high school world a little bit and talk a little bit about what you can do as a parent. Now to start out, this is not about teaching your high school student anything because it's not about what you want them to do. 
it's really all about the student and what they want and need and what their goals are. Because really, you're not their teacher anymore. They really have learned all those foundation skills by now. And you're a support person. You're a facilitator. You are a guide for them. But really, you're not their teacher anymore for the most part. By the time the kids are in high school, you have a pretty good idea of their strengths and weaknesses and interests and hopefully some goals. Hopefully they've got all those basic foundation skills down and you're moving forward to help them lay a path to early adulthood. They have the skills to learn on their own now and they really should be learning on their own. I want to stress that as much as some of us want to continue doing many things for our kids, they really need to take on the responsibilities themselves. This will serve them well into adulthood, and we know this, but it's really hard to let go. And this includes skills, everything from laundry to cooking, to filling out job applications, to opening a bank account, including the academic things like research papers and book reports and finding different books at the library. Kids need to feel confident in these skills to move forward. So let's start off with their interests and their goals. If they already have some goals, then that's half the battle in many cases. So great. Let's start with the goal and work your way backwards. What's needed to get into the college they want to go to? What's needed to get into the community college or the trade school? What's needed for them to get the job that they're interested in? Or what's needed if they want to go on some travel for a gap year? How much money do they need to have? Do they need a passport? Look at the end goal and work your way backwards to see what is needed to get to that place. Help them brainstorm ideas for yearly goals or semester goals, depending on what kinds of things they need. And set up some accountability steps along the way if you know that your child needs that. If they don't, then don't micromanage them. Let them work it out on their own and figure it out as they go. One of the great resources out there now are online communities. It's a huge resource and really should be used for different interests or niche kinds of things that you may not have a lot of information about, such as writing or photography or art. Just a huge variety of of interests are out there and we might not have very much information. And this is something that we can help them find some of those resources that they can talk with other people and find out exactly what's needed for certain jobs or for or certain trades or for certain skills that they need to learn. It's also great for to get into certain colleges. Perhaps they want to go to a a very private college or something with a very niche major. Have them touch base with some people that attend the school. Have them find out what are some keys to getting in. Talk to admissions counselors, all those kinds of things. This is how you can help guide them along the way. Once you've kind of done this, you can formulate some of these these ideas and these brainstorming things that you've come up with. You can turn those into a four-year plan or a two-year plan, depending on how long they want to spend in high school. Because that's another issue is that you can graduate them early if they have gained the skills they need 
Obviously, depending on your state, there might be some different requirements or some different regulations. So obviously you need to check into that. But in many cases, high school doesn't have to be four years. It can be two. It can be five. It just depends on what your child is after and what their needs are and what their goals are. So remember that that's one of the beautiful things about homeschooling is you make it your own. But you also have to remember that it's not you, the parent, making it your education. You're helping your student. It has to be your student's education. And that's something you really need to remember. I want to give a quick example of working backwards. My son, when he was younger, about eighth or ninth grade, he really wanted to be in the Marines. That was his goal. He wasn't very academic. He really really wasn't interested in college. He wanted to go to the Marines. So we talked about some of the things that he would really need for that. Obviously, he would need to be in shape. He would need to work out. He would need to learn some military history, specifically for the Marines, but for all the different service branches. He would need to probably have some report writing, at least know how to write summaries. He'd need to be able to follow very specific, strict instructions, all those kinds of things. One of the things we found was something in our community called the Police Explorers. This is a program through the Boy Scouts, but it is um, handled independently by individual police forces. Now, he joined the Police Explorers right when he was old enough, which I believe was 14, and he was in that for three years. Now, I'm sure every program is different, but this is a very hands-on, on-the-job training kind of program. It is perfect for kids to find out what the job really is like. He was able to go on ride-alongs. He learned all the different codes. He learned the different language. He learned all the different aspects of being a police officer. The good, the exciting stuff, as well as the not-so-exciting stuff. He actually went to kind of a mini police academy. This was one of the requirements for training for them to be in the program. And it was like a five-day um basically boot boot camp. And this was not a walk in the park by any means. Like it was painful to watch as they left on this trip because these kids were being bombarded with yelling and telling them to get down and do push-ups with this big backpack on their back. And they were being told to, you know, run in place and they were in their faces. And this was not something that was simple. This took a lot of resolve and personal strength. They Once he got there, everything was very regimented, just like when you're in the military. It They had certain times they had to do things. They got sprayed with pepper spray. They did all of those kinds of things. He loved it. Even though as a parent, I cringed a little bit, this was something he wanted and he loved it. Now, as he went through this program, he learned a lot about being a police officer. Like I said, ride-alongs and solving crimes and also the things that he didn't know about. Domestic violence calls, suicide calls, mental health checks, all those kinds of really heavy issues that a 15-year-old normally wouldn't think about. And as he went on through the program for the next couple years, he also learned about guns and the technical aspect of 
putting them together and he wrote technical reports on building airsoft guns and all those kinds of things that you don't really think about. But he had to do all of those kinds of topics. Now, after a couple years and he saw really what the job was all about, he decided that maybe being in the Marines and being in law enforcement might not be what he wanted to do. Now, as a parent, this was kind of rough for me to take because I was thinking we had worked for almost a good three years on all of these kinds of goals and steps along the way for him to pursue this in the long run of going into the Marines for a few years and then possibly being in law enforcement. And then pretty much when he was a junior in high school, he said, no, I don't think that's the path I want to take anymore. I have to say that on one hand, while I was, you know, disappointed, on the other hand, I was really happy because that kind of program did exactly what it was supposed to do. And that is it gave him a really good vision of what that job might entail. Now, granted, he's looking at it from a, you know, 16, 17 year old viewpoint, which isn't an adult viewpoint. However, he did get a really good idea of what that job entailed. And he decided that he didn't really want to do all those kinds of things in that job. He might change his mind down the line, who knows. But the important thing is that he got all the information needed to make a decision about moving forward with that career. And that is what is lacking for so many other kids as they are moving into thinking what they want to do. They want to be a writer. They want to be a doctor. They want to be a lawyer. They want to be whatever it is. They don't have a good sense of what that entire job entails because they don't have the opportunity to go do an internship or a mentorship or some kind of job shadowing like he was able to do for three years. And that is something that I think is really important and a unique thing that homeschoolers can take advantage, if at all possible, to learn a lot more about something that your student is interested in. Now, I know that we've all heard of examples of parents that say, but my kid just wants to watch YouTube videos all day, or my kid just wants to play video games all day, and they don't want to do some of those things. And here's where you have to start digging a little bit deeper and talking with your child and finding out a little bit more really about what they're doing. Because I'm not going to argue, there certainly is some cases that there might not be a lot of redeeming skills that are learned sometimes with some of the things that the kids are doing. However, another example I want to share, and I heard this at a homeschool conference, so I can't say that this was a person I knew personally, but I heard the story at a homeschool conference that there was a parent that had commented that her daughter was so into Disney, all she wanted to do was watch Disney videos, read about Disney, just totally immersed in Disneyland and Walt Disney and all things Disney. And this was even through high school. And the mom was really worried, like, what are you doing? We're not doing typical school subjects. What are you going to do with your life? And the daughter was always very adamant. I'm going to work for Disney. I'm going to do something at Disneyland or Disney World or something with Disney. The mom was feeling a little lost, like, what am I supposed to do with this? This girl 
this was this was her goal. They went to Disney World. The girl spoke with one of the concierge people that gave information about Disney. The story goes that he was so impressed with her depth of knowledge, he encouraged her to apply to the Disney College. I'm not exactly sure what it's called, but there's a like a school of Disney and she applied for that and which was her exact goal was to basically do Disney education and work for Disney and she was accepted to the program and went on to get a job with Disney and did exactly what she wanted to do even though at maybe first glance or based on the surface information it may not have seemed like she was being very productive all those years and only watching YouTube videos and just reading about Disney and just participating in Disney websites or web forums. All that was really building her knowledge base. And she was basically building her resume. And so that is something to think about and dig a little bit deeper is when you don't necessarily think that they're gaining skills or doing something productive, they may very well be doing just that. It's just that it doesn't look like what we perceive as productive. So that's something to think about. So those are two good examples of self-directed education, which I know is kind of a buzzword. People are kind of thinking, what, what is that exactly? And really, there is no specific definition for it because it is what it is. It is a self-directed education. You're trying to figure out what you need to meet your goals for whatever that final final goal might be, whether that's travel or a job or a project, you're getting there the way you need to get there. That self-directed education, you're working it out on your own. And more and more high school kids, I think, are embracing this and doing this. And it's really exciting to see because given the freedom to work on problems and projects that are of interest to them and that are relevant to their goals is really the key to their future. If they can figure out how to problem solve and make changes in what they need to succeed, they've learned so many more skills than kids already in traditional school. Because so many times the kids in school are being taught how to think, what to think, when to think it. And they're not doing the independent problem solving. They're not doing the independent goal setting. And this is what self-directed learning can really do. It can really help kids learn skills that are valuable for life. And even though I've given you a few examples, next week you're going to hear an interview with a girl that has basically done her own self-directed high school education. And she's She blows me away. I know you're going to enjoy that interview. So to wrap up today's episode, I really want to encourage all of you homeschool parents out there that are approaching high school years or are in the trenches right now and really talk with your student about what they want out of high school. What are their goals? What are their needs? What do they want to get out of it? And really take a step back and focus on that. So like I said, next week you're going to hear an interview with a self-directed high school student. A little later in the month, we're going to talk about taking advantage of community colleges, open source, and some other 
types of resources that your high school student can benefit from and get them to where they're going more efficiently and quickly. So thank you again for taking some time out of your day to listen. I hope you've gotten some good information or a few tips that you can use. I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, so you'll know when the next episode is released. And check me out on Facebook at Learning Outside the Lines podcast for weekly links and other information that I share throughout the week, as well as on Instagram at Latte Books to Read, where I share only homeschool kinds of information, some activities that we have taken advantage of, as well as lots of books. I love books and I like to share books on my Instagram account that we have used or that we have found that have benefited us. So I hope you have a great week. And until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.